At 4 p.m., I left my wife to set fire to a pile of branches when I noticed that a crack, which was situated on one of the knolls of my farm, had opened. And I saw that it was a kind of fissure that had a depth of only half a meter. I set about to ignite the branches again when I felt a thunder. The trees trembled. And it was then I saw how, in the hole, the ground swelled and raised itself two or 2.5 meters high. And a kind of smoke or fine dust, gray like, like ashes, began to rise up in a portion of the crack that I had not previously seen. Immediately, more smoke began to rise with a hiss or whistle, loud and continuous. And there was the smell, the smell of sulfur. I then became greatly frightened and I tried to help unyoke one of the ox teams. I was so stunned, I hardly knew what to do or what to think. And I couldn't find my wife or my son or my animals. At last I came to my senses and I remembered the sacred Lord of the Miracles. I shouted, Blessed Lord of the Miracles, you brought me into this world. Now save me. I looked into the fissure where the smoke was rising and my fear disappeared for the first time. I ran to see if I could find my family, my companions, my oxen, but I could not see them. So I mounted my mare and galloped to Barakutin, where I found my wife and son and friends waiting for me. They were afraid that I was dead and that they would never see me again. This is an excerpt from a statement made by farmer Dionisio Pulido of the events he experienced in 1943. This is Monstras. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Monstras. My name is Brenda Salguero, and with me today is... I know you're going to say Brenda, and I still find it hilarious the way you say it, because you shake your head. So <laughs> you do Brenda, and you do a head shake. Brenda. Yeah, I have to, I have to, I can't say it without moving my head back and forth. I don't know why, yeah. even though... I mean, it has attitude. I'm trying to channel my neighbor who, when we first started kind of like hanging out and becoming friends, that's how she would come over. She'd come over and be like, Brenda, I need your help. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so Is she Barbie? I did it, <laughs> yes, essentially. She, I did it as an homage to her and her craziness uh, because we did recently 
recently me and her went on like a really nice trip we went to napa we had a really good like socially distanced like wine tasting she had never been it was fantastic but this is so indicative of how she is and who she is is that she picked out the wine place she wanted to do this Mm -hmm. trip she was it was her idea she picked out the wine place we sat down, we, ha- we had a lovely flight. She had a sparkling, you know, flight of, of sparkling rosés. So we sit down, she tries it, and she puts it down and she goes, I don't like that. And I was like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And she's like, it's not sweet enough. And I was like, okay, okay. So you want like a Jolly Ranchers, can- you know, candy flavored wine? Like what, what is it that you want? And she has done this to me countless times. Not not one time. She's done this to me twice. No, three times. Another time we went to a, a Greek restaurant that she wanted to try because it looks really cute. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so we go. We go. Sit down. Order. She orders this lamb dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they bring it. She takes. I literally told her, Orquidia, I wasn't going to eat it because I wasn't hungry. I was going to eat like maybe some snacks, maybe eat off a little bit off her plate. That's it. I was I was full. Some hummus, whatever. Yeah, exactly. She takes a single goddamn bite of this goddamn lamb and she puts down the fork and she goes, I don't like it. And I was like, oh, (laughs) my God, we just ordered this entire meal that I can't eat. And I took a bite of it and I was like, this is delicious. What are you talking about? She's like, it's not seasoned in the way that I like. And I was like, oh, my God. So I had to embarrassingly ask the uh, waiter if he could just uh-huh. pack up the entire meal. Oh, shit. Oh, oh God. I yeah. do hate having to do that. That's really embarrassing. Also, Greek food is really well seasoned. Like, does she just want salt and pepper? Like, I no, don't understand. She, she's the opposite. I mean, she's a POC, so she likes her shit seasoned like no other mother. But she's also Pakistani, so she's used to a very certain like, particular palate, mm-hmm. which is very well-seasoned food. Totally understand that. It, this was just not seasoned in the way she liked. It wasn't that it was not seasoned. It was just not seasoned in the way that she particularly liked. I ate it, and it was fine, and I ate it for lunch the next day. It was delicious. <laughs> so I don't know what the hell she was talking about. But this is what I mean. She's got bougie eyes, but like, you know, peasant tastes. <laughs> I love I like I I love the idea that like she wants the look of it. She wants like the fancy look. So you can wrap like some McDonald's in like gold tin foil or whatever and she'll be like, "Yes. This is perfect meal for me." <laughs> exactly. She's just so ridiculous when it comes to that kind of stuff. But anyways, I I digress. Let's get into what we're talking about also your introduction like i totally skipped over your introduction i know i mean we had to talk about your friend (laughs) being bougie and peasant (laughs) at the same time i don't know how she does it i don't know how she does it (laughs) yeah i want a shirt that says that i'm a bougie peasant (laughs) i got bougie eyes but peasant taste (laughs) yeah (laughs) well my name is orchidea and I don't have any friends that call me or I don't even know how you would say that. Like in a I don't know or Orcadia, but isn't <laughs> <laughs> don't people Thank already you. mispronounce your name that way? They I get yeah, I guess I get Orchidia, I get Orquidia, Orchidea. Oh, you know. Orquidia sounds like they're gonna 
it sounds like or keefy yeah or something like that like it it almost sounds like they're gonna say queef to me like that's literally <laughs> what you. I and I was like <laughs> thank you yeah <laughs> <laughs> just to say that it's horrendous it's a horrendous yeah. way to pronounce your name no I agree oh okay so totally unreal I, but we are talking about names I just got an email so my I, my name is always included in my emails it's in my signature it's O-R-Q-U-I-D-E-A. Somebody mm-hmm. put O-R-C-H-I-D-E-A. So they put orchid, like the word in English, and then E-A. And I'm like, I, I get it, but that's not my name. My name's what in the, the email. What the? I'm speechless. I'm trying to wrap so- my head around the, the audacity, first of all, <laughs> and the idea of just, let me just add a D. E-A to the end of this to make it Spanish? Like, what? Yeah, yeah, they're like, obviously it's the flower, but Mac, but in Spanish, so, yeah, yeah, okay. It's so dumb. I, I know. I hate it. People with names, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> Why do we But, so, okay, today's episode, we're going to be doing a lot of difficult names, so this is actually really a good way to get into it, because in today's episode, we're going to be talking about... The- you're laughing, but it's true. We're going to be stuck so much with these names. I was trying, I was practicing these names and oh, we're, I'm going to butcher them. So just get ready, everybody. Just get ready. Same. So we're talking about the Paricutin Volcano. 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 <laughs> like, what are you, Italian now? <laughs> it's hard to go from Paricutin to Volcano. That's true. That's a hard pivot. But that's yeah. what makes us bilingual people real smart, though, you know, because we got to we got to switch it up. So if we mess <laughs> up a couple words, just just leave us be. OK, yeah. Have some patience with us. So yes. we're talking about the Paricutin volcano volcano that's in Mexico. Uh, and I didn't know anything about it, but I've been to Uruapan and that general region. I've been to Michoacan like years ago. My family would do road trips and it was like 12 of us cousins aunts uncles um yeah it was a lot it was ridiculous we would drive uh hours and hours yeah but it was it's really beautiful really really beautiful around that region but this is one that you picked so why did you pick this one oh my god i cannot even wait to tell you why (laughs) i picked it so i found it on reddit it was because someone had posted this ridiculous image basically it was an image of it was basically like a puppet, like a little mm-hmm. doll puppet or whatever, like a, what is it called? Uh, it was like a little mechanical puppet. And so it was a little Satan. And whenever the wind would move or whatever, the little Satan had a spit roast and he would turn <laughs> the spit roast. And on the spit roast was a baby being cooked. And you're just like, and I was like, what is this? This is amazing. I love it. What is it? And that's when I was like, Orquidia, 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 we have to have to do an episode on this because it's so interesting so i cannot wait to tell everybody about it because this volcano gave birth to some really interesting folklore oh my god so let's let's jump into it i'm excited oh and on its own god. it's really interesting too sorry the train's going by yeah. <laughs> okay can you say your line again about on its own it's really interesting yeah um so on its own it's really interesting too without all the weird shit that happened around it the volcano itself is really interesting yes and i can't wait to uh we'll get into the geology but let's get into what happened 77 years ago so on february 20th 1943 
a Tarascan farmer, Dionisio Pulido, was out working in his cornfields when he noticed a fissure on his farm. And it was a fissure that was only about half a meter deep. But then the ground suddenly started shaking and the fissure grew bigger and began to emit ash and dust. By the end of the day, the ground would shake and rise more than six feet. And in its first year, this particular patch of ground would rise to a total of 1,353 feet. Sorry for the foreign uh, for listeners outside the U.S. I don't know how <laughs> big that is in meters. I did not calculate that. I apologize. It's tall. It's, it's tall. <laughs> That's all they yes. need to know. <laughs> <laughs> it's big. Uh, it's a lot. It's a lot in one, like six feet in one night. This is about okay. to say, if I saw the ground rise six feet in front of me in a, the span of a day, I would freak out. I would move <laughs> right quick. I would be, yeah, I would freak out. And that's exactly what Pulido did, you know? So this eruption had been building actually underground for for weeks. There had been periodic earthquakes that were uh, occurring around the village of Urupan, Um which which is where this all take, takes place, which is located about 200 miles west of Mexico City. And I would say about a 30-minute car ride, according to Google Maps, uh, west of Paracutin. So this whole region was just being pummeled by earthquakes. Pulido, having seen the literally the ground open up, <laughs> uh, ran back to the village and was luckily reunited with his family. By that time, though, the ground had completely erupted and started spewing even more ash, dust, and sulfur. Another farmer, Celedonio Gutierrez, describes the scene as follows. In the evening, when night began to fall, we heard noises like the surge of the sea and red flames of fire rose into darkened sky, some rising 2,600 feet or more into the air that burst like golden marigolds and a rain like artificial fire fell to the ground. So much note of that. So much. I was like, oh my God. It's crazy. And there's video of this happening. Yeah, because it's recent history. Yeah, it's recent. It's very recent history. So what Celedonio or Celedonio, let me do that again. What Celedonio describes beautifully as marigolds was in fact lava spewing into the air. This lava flow eventually buried the in, the surrounding town of San Juan Barangaray. This is where I'm going to mess up all the words, huh? San Dude. Juan, San Juan Barangaray Cutiro, famously only leaving a church steeple sticking out of the earth. Luckily, the entire village was evacuated and no lives were lost. So that's a relief. Yeah. The volcano was most active its first year, which is when it rose up to like. You know, it became big. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that's a scientific to way to talk about it. <laughs> science, it went real big, term. real quick. <laughs> it went big, real quick. Um, but anyways, the volcano was most active this first year, but continued to erupt infrequently until 1952, when it finally went memes <laughs> or back to sleep. <laughs> For non-bilingual folks. <laughs> so... I say mimis because it's a cute way of saying goodnight or, you know, mimir or to go to sleep, right? Mm. At least my mom would say that to me. Yeah. It is sweet to mimis. say go, dormir, go, mimis. Yeah. 
Mimis. So sadly, up to 20 miles of volcanic sand was deposited in the surrounding area, and the vegetation in this area was destroyed because of it, causing many people to be uprooted from their homes. But Dionisio Pulido had the last laugh. Before he left, he put up a sign that said, This volcano is owned and operated by Dionisio Pulido. <laughs> I love the, the the genius of that, like the... What is it? Entrepreneur, entrepreneurship spirit yes. of the Mexican people. It's so funny. He was just like, can I make money off of this? Because it was on his land. Yeah. It, it's his volcano now. Yeah. So. It's, it's part of the volcano now, unfortunately. <laughs> but so but let's talk a little bit about the, the geology and the science behind it. Because that was really super fascinating. I Never thought about volcanoes before, because why would I? <laughs> yeah. But reading about in... it was super cool. Yeah. I don't think Texas has volcanoes. No. No. Yeah. And you no. don't even have, you might have earthquakes, maybe? I don't think so. We have tornadoes and hurricanes, as far as I know. Okay. Those are scary, but they come from the sky, you know? And so yeah. it's not, as, you can see them coming usually. <laughs> it's not the ground trying to swallow us whole. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Hell's not opening up below your feet, you know, like all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the Baricutin volcano is, like you said, in the state of Michoacan, uh, which is really beautiful. And the state is also known for the mig migration of the monarch butterflies. So they go there uh, when they migrate south. Um, and they also have amazing Day of the Dead celebrations. I've only seen pictures. I've never been, but it, it looks beautiful. One day. One day we should go. When the world is better, we, we should go. Because I've been, I've been dying to go. My friend dying to go. I know. I was going to say something. <laughs> oh, I'm so funny. Um, <laughs> my friend actually did go. And so I, I've, I've been wanting to go very badly. <laughs> but that explains, you know, the marigold comment by Celedonio. What you said about Michoacan and Day of the Dead. Uh, I really appreciated his imagery yeah. there. Let me give you some, let me hit you with some geo facts. <laughs> wow. So, nerd alert. <laughs> <laughs> wee, wee, wee. Oh, God. Um, so, the Paracutin volcano also sits uh, in the heart of the trans Mexican uh, volcanic belt. So, the belt includes, actually includes the Sierra Nevadas, uh, which I found out, <laughs> I should know this because I'm right by them. <laughs> Uh, which are an extinct chain of volcanoes. Mm. So the Sierra Nevadas um, are dead volcanoes. Pretty cool. And because of this, this area in Mexico, this trans-Mexican volcanic belt, uh, is specifically great for farming. This other fact, in fact, Mexico is a pretty active volcanically. So there are 11 volcanoes that are active in Mexico out of the 3,000 volcanoes Mexico has which accounts for 6% of the planet's volcanoes. That's terrifying in a year like 2020 where everything's going to shit. <laughs> Not to jinx it's it. Really, but. It's terrible. I don't. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. But there are three specific types of volcanoes. So super volcanoes, which people talk about a lot because, you know, people like big ass things. Um, so super volcanoes are considered the fourth type. So there's three types. So the the first type is shield volcano, then there's strata volcano, and then there's a scoria volcano. That one sounds angry. Which, <laughs> yeah, 
Sounds really pissed. That scoria volcano is the type that Paracutin turned out to mm. be. So, yeah, so it was pissed. <laughs> uh, a scoria, a scoria volcano can appear suddenly and erupt for about a decade and then go dormant and never erupt again. And this is basically what Paracutin did. You know, it, it erupted for basically a decade and then died and then was like memes. I feel like this is like the plague episode where we were like, but the plague is gone. People don't know why, but it could come back because people don't know why. Like, I feel like we're <laughs> a little bit like that. It really is. The volcano can strike at any moment. I mean, there's 11 active volcanoes, but one could really open up under your feet at any oh, moment. Shit. That's crazy, yeah. right? So, I mean, Pulido was really lucky. Like, he was just like, it, it, he was very lucky it didn't open closer to him. So, the Paracutim volcano actually gained international attention because it was the first volcano scientists were actually able to observe in real time. Remember, this was before Mount Helen, the Mount Helen eruption. So, American and Mexican scientists actually flocked to the area to witness the volcano. <laughs> Also, a lot of pilots, I found this out, it's crazy, a lot of pilots would actually divert from their regular flight paths and fly over the active volcano just to watch it. <laughs> that sounds so safe. Please put me on that flight. It's so safe. <laughs> I know. These were flights from like LA to Mexico and they'd be like, ooh, I'm curious. And so they'd divert, divert the path. I don't think you could do that, you know, these days, but back in the 50s, totally cool. So... One of the major researchers that came to the area was William Foshag. Foshag? Uh, what a weird name. It's almost like Fosho, <laughs> but it's Foshag, you know? So, oh, God, I hope he's, he doesn't listen to this ever again uh, or ever. So uh, Foshag of the U.S. National Museum from uh, the U.S. Um, so William Foshag was from the U.S. National Museum. And from Mexico, another researcher came, and his name was Dr. Genaro Gonzalez Reina. The samples they acquired then are still used by scientists today to understand the life cycle of volcanoes. One last note about uh, Paracutin. It does uh, exist 9,186 feet above sea level, and the lava field covers about 10 square miles. That's crazy. That's yeah. a lot. And I really... But... No, okay. go ahead. Oh, I was all what I was going to say is that area one day will be very fertile. <laughs> That's what I was thinking when you were saying that people had to move away. My first thought was, wouldn't the the that area be very fertile? But I imagine it takes time for it to be fertile. Right now, it's just burnt dead. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at pictures, there are many pictures about of the very iconic. Um, and we'll put it in the notes, a very iconic church that is that was buried underneath this lava, uh, and it's just halfway sticking out of the earth. It's really fascinating. Yeah. And I think the idea of it being a scoria volcano, which I know has nothing to do with it being like, but I just think like that's such an angry word. And it makes sense be <laughs> it <laughs> because is. it was an angry volcano. And when we get into the folklore, which we'll slowly walk into now but the folklore was about this being like an anger sort of thing anger of god um, that caused it but uh before we get into right. those legends and mysteries of the volcano i did want to say that for me it was surprising how little information we found um so when we read about the volcanoes very few of them mentioned the indigenous communities that live there and their relationship to the volcano because i would have been interested to see that um 
but there wasn't much and I'm not sure why, but I in so in that region you find the Purepecha Indians, also known as the Tarascan Indians. Some sources say that Tarascan can be derogatory, um, but I oh. see I've seen it used interchangeably Tarascan and Purepecha, so I guess it depends. Um, the the big thing is mm-hmm. that Purepecha was a word how they referred to themselves, and Tarascan was more like how the Spanish referred to them and how other indigenous groups referred to them. Uh, oh, that's yeah. common. That's a really common thing. So according to the website Indigenous Mexico, uh, the kingdom of the Purepecha was really prosperous in pre-Hispanic Mesoamerican world. The name Michoacan actually comes from the Nahuatl terms um, uh, meaning Michin, which is fish, and Ua, those who have, and Can, meaning place. So the place of the fishermen, uh, which makes sense because there's a lake and there's a lot of bodies of water in that region. The Purepecha didn't have a written language, so there's not a lot known about their origins. So they don't really know where they came from or uh, like the, where they originated. They did have a complicated relationship with the Aztecs, as many indigenous communities did before the Spanish. Uh, their capital was Pátzcuaro and then Tzintzuntzan. And this is one of my favorite so- facts, because Tzintzuntzan is in one of my favorite songs. <laughs> What? Yeah, so Café Tacuba has a song called Chica Banda, and they talk about the girl, like her mom's from Tzintzuntzan, but she was born in Mexico City. Anyway, it's just about this like groupy girl. Oh, that's so cool. And I love the name, this name, Tzintzuntzan. Yeah. And they, so it's... It rolls off the tongue. It really does. And we should put it in our, our notes too, because it's spelled like T-Z-I-N-T-Z-U-N-T-Z-A-N. So it's really like a complicated word of it just sounds so beautiful um it is it's a really i love saying it Sin Sun San. Sin it sounds Sun like San. a song <laughs> yes uh so Sin Sun San is now That's an archaeological so cool. site with Budapecha pyramids um and there they have uh, a ceremonial platform called las yakatas um and it's really cool i was looking up some pictures and from the pyramids you could see lake batsquaro which is one of the big lakes there and I know that during Day of the Dead, that's where they host a lot of the events. So what they usually do is they have like people in canoes with candles. So I imagine it must look beautiful, like from the from the pyramids to look into the lake and see that. Oh, that sounds amazing. I want to go even more now. Dude, yes. COVID needs to end tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so I can go. Yeah, <laughs> I want to go to the, the celebration day yet. Uh, so once the uh, conquest and the coming of the Spanish, um, the life there for the indigenous communities changed. So by 1940s, when we have the birth of the volcano, the descendants of the Purepechas were most likely around Lake Pátzcuaro, so the region where we're talking about with the volcano. Um, so Dionisio and like some of the other people, Celedonio, were probably descendants mm-hmm. of but again with the conquest and colonization a lot of that gets lost and a big part of the conquest and colonization was that there was a lot of specifically in this region there were a lot of missions so there was a lot of religious um, organizations which makes sense once we talk about the church so let's get back to Paricutin and and the volcano and some of the gory horror uh, weird legends that drew you to it yes so Oh, I love that image of that Satan and cooking his little baby. Oh, my God. I love it. One of my favorite monsters from Guillermo del Toro is the baby eater. So I'm just fascinated by, like, monsters that eat babies. So anyways, 
Uh, that's just a, a weird aside on my end. <laughs> I love monsters oh, that I eat babies. Me. They're the coolest. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be used against me at some point, yes. but I'm not going to think about it. Um, <laughs> so then uh, we found only one source that really talked about the sordid history of Paracutin. Um, in the article, Paracutin sparks a miraculous pilgrimage louis uh or louis 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 werner describes yeah louis werner describes the birth of the volcano from the human side it turns out our friend celedonio gutierrez had been keeping a very thorough diary of the events before the volcano in them he noted how the celebration of christ for christ in them he noted how the celebration for christ as Lord of Miracles at the San Juan Church had turned into debauchery. People were constantly drinking. And he was pissed about it, let me tell you now. (laughs) (laughs) Pulido was not happy. Mm -mm. Or wait, no, it wasn't Pulido. No, it was um, Gutierrez. uh, Yeah, Gutierrez. It was Gutierrez. So even before this, there was conflict between the twins of Paracutin and San Juan. Oh, what was it? It's supposed to be towns, not twins, my bad. I was like, twins? <laughs> I didn't question it. I was like, maybe she meaning she means they're like, uh, you know, tail two cities. Ta- well, you know, well, yeah. Like they're tail two twins. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Okay. Even before this, there was a conflict between the towns of Paricutin and San Juan. Land disputes and things like that. So it was so, it got so bad that a man had been killed close to the uh, Dionysio's land. It was so bad that in 1941, a local priest ordered they put a giant wooden cross to restore the peace. The cross was chopped down and burned. (laughs) (laughs) These people wanted to party. They were just like, let us party in peace, dude. (laughs) Fuck your colonial fucking... You know, but stupid. But still, let me celebrate. But let me celebrate Jesus, just not your cross. Let me celebrate Jesus. I don't. I don't don't know who burned the cross when they were like having these big festivals for Jesus. Honestly, it was just some young guy who was too drunk, and he's like, "Man, screw that cross," (laughs) and just burned it down. That's what I would have done. All right, (laughs) so arsony, (laughs) cannibalism, arson. arson. cannibalism baby eating the list of my crimes are very long (laughs) and all imaginary let's make that clear (laughs) and all completely alleged (laughs) i just love how they were partying so hard that the the, like the priest was like a giant cross is the solution this is it people were like no we need more firewood what's that called when they do that when they have like the big fire oh shoot yeah it just makes me laugh because yes who thought that would be a solution (laughs) who was this stupid priest was like well let me put a cross and that'll scare the crap (laughs) out of all the native people and it's like what no oh my god that's hysterical yeah they went college town bonfire on that shit (laughs) hey college towns they used to like to burn couches in my college town so yeah i'm not, I'm not surprised they burned this cross um so <laughs> werner writes a tarascan uh or a council of patriarchs saw in this a grim warning 
people began to dream of fire. Don't because they keep burning shit. <laughs> they keep burning things to the ground. Of course, they're gonna <laughs> dream of fire. They're dreaming good dreams. They're like, man, remember when we burned down that cross? That was fun. <laughs> Exactly a year after the cross was burnt, February of 1942, a locust of grasshoppers appeared, and people were afraid they would lose their crops. Then, in February of 1943, the earth started to shake, and the volcano appeared. <laughs> so, of course, the volcano ended up burying these two towns that were, you know, fighting, uh, the town of Paricutin and San Juan Parangari Cutirio, or pa Paragan, oh, you know what, screw it, <laughs> Uh, the town of Paracutin disappeared completely, while in San Juan, all that was left was part of the temple of San Juan Viejo, which is this church. So the church of San Juan Viejo was destroyed, uh, except for the church towel and the tower and the altar. So that's the only thing sticking out of the ground at this point. And the pictures of the place are gorgeous. Like I said before, the church is just sitting there surrounded by solidified black rock, which yeah. is, you know, lo cooled lava. And finally, it seems there are annual pilgr pilgrimages by people that think God saved the church from the volcano, yeah. which honestly, did he really though? <laughs> church is gone. I mean, but not all of it. I, I can see that. Like 1941, you burn a cross. 1942... <laughs> Locust of grasshoppers. And like in the article, Celedonio um, or Werner quotes Celedonio as describing it like this black cloud over everything. And then 43, a volcano is born. Man, there. I mean, if that doesn't make you drink, I don't know what will. <laughs> or what people did here is turn to God, Brenda, which is what other <laughs> maybe more well-adjusted people would do. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I hit a rough patch, I'm hitting the bottle. <laughs> oh, my god! I, I really like this article. So um, and I wish we could have found more sources. But in this one, so Werner concludes the article by writing, quote, nothing sums up the miracle of San Juan's rebirth better than a small written testimonial found in a corner of the new church. The new omnipotent potent divinity of our lord created the earth's natural forces produced tongues and flame and lava flows that buried my town but his mercy and compassion was granted to those who sought refuge in his hands and we all were saved from danger signed celedonio gutierrez dang celedonio like you went on hard that's great mm -hmm. i love this yeah he was like y'all needed to repent i told y'all <laughs> I wrote what you were doing. I told God about <laughs> I it. You. And he burned shit down. That's what happened. So you're trying to say that Celedonio's a snitch. He snitched the God. He's a snitch. Yes. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> what I am <laughs> And so Paricutin is like an amazing volcano. But as you mentioned, there are a lot of volcanoes in Mexico. And this isn't the most well-known one. So... We figured we'll talk about the big, big one, which is, of course, Popocatépetl and um, the sister volcano, Iztaccíhuatl. Oy. <laughs> Much better than my pronunciation, because I'm not even going to try. I'm just going to call him Popo and 
Itza? Yeah, I think that's what Itza? people do. Itza? They're like Popuanista. Um, so Pop- okay, there's this other song. I don't know. Have you ever heard of Faye? She's the singer from Mexico. No. She was big in the 90s. Like she would wear the scrunchies on her wrist and the whole deal. Um, before your time, I maybe. Only I don't know. know. The other one. I only know the other one who got caught for like child trafficking or something. Oh, yeah, that's name? Gloria Trevi. Yeah, that's, yes, that's my childhood. But <laughs> not the child trafficking. And it wasn't child trafficking. Yeah, tra- was child trafficking your childhood? What are you talking about? <laughs> Let me roll back. Anyway, <laughs> the singer Faye. <laughs> Let's not talk about that dark. T- no, uh, Faye has this song called Popocatepet that I'm sure none of our listeners know about. But I just wanted to mention it. I don't know why. But we could put it in the show notes. Yeah. It's a great song. It's very catchy. Anyways, the legend of Popocatepetl and Iztaccíhuatl uh, goes that these two volcanoes, which stand like in the outskirts of Mexico City and are the highest volcanoes in the hemisphere, are actually the remnants of two lovers. Um, so the legend goes back to the Aztec Empire. The Aztecs required mandatory tax from the villagers they conquered, and this included the neighboring Tlaxcalatecas. Iztaccíhuatl was the daughter of the Tlaxcalan chief, and Popocatépetl was a brave warrior that was in love with her. So before going off to war, Popocatépetl asked the chief for her hand in marriage. Uh, Popocatépetl left, and his love rival, uh, trying to get with Ista. Uh, told her that Popocatepet had died in battle. And she, of course, dies of a broken heart. So that's why uh, the Ista part is like laying down. Um, oh. And then when Popocatepet returns, he finds out that she's dead and he also is broken hearted and decides to do something in her honor. So they build this giant mountain um, by piling 10 hills together as the legend goes. Then he takes Itzta all the way to the top and lays her down and bends on one knee and kisses her forehead. So the figure that we see of Popocatépetl and Itzta is these two figures. So her laying down in his arms and him bending down and kissing her uh, forehead. And they've been frozen in time like that since then. Um, and he just watches over her lovingly. And this, the bodies are covered with snow. And that's those are the volcanoes that we see today. Um they say that Popocatépetl's heart still burns with love and that's why the volcano still smokes. So this is like the image that you see all the time on like those like San Marcos blankets and the calendars. So it's the guy with the, yeah, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I I didn't know they were two volcanoes yeah. personified. Yeah. Yeah, so that's that's where the, that's where the, why that image is so big. Like it's this big big legend and it just traveled to the u.s it's like a big image for chicanos today yes and i always thought it was like a misogynistic thing of like a man big strong man and he's like carrying this you know dainty woman but i didn't realize it was like a romantic story i mean i don't think it's romantic but that's just me (laughs) oh the train is okay (laughs) your silence was like oh shit i felt judged No, I'll tell you my my opinion in a sec. But um, yeah, I'm holding my tongue because I'm, I'm like waiting for this train to fucking pass. Oh, train, I hate you. Let me write a note here that it's... So it's around 43.50? Yeah. Oh, you got 50? I got 43.45. Okay. 
so it's probably a little out of sync, which is fine because we had to pause it in the middle of the goddamn thing. So it's fine. Oh, oh, that cracked. Oh, that felt so good. Mm. That was a loud one. Oh yeah, girl. Now that we're older, I'm sure you hear a lot of crack lacking <laughs> all over your joints. Mine are know? more squeaks. They're like. <laughs> dog is inside your bones yeah very old dog in my old bones <laughs> um is it gone okay so it's gone so it might be too romantic for you but i think it's really sweet gross <laughs> i don't believe me you think that's sweet <laughs> i see the evil in I your like eyes it. i like the story I didn't realize it was a romantic story. I thought, again, it was a misogynistic man being like, blah, 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 blah. so I thought, I didn't know it was a romantic story. And so I'm like, kind of into it. I'm like, oh, well, no, <laughs> I don't even it's not even the romance that I like. I like the idea of how so many different geographical features uh, throughout the world, people have ascribed meaning and stories to them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, there's one here in the Bay Area, and I don't know what it's called. I, I, it, it slips my mind. But she's basically one of the mountains. If you look at the mountain uh, that's here, it looks like a woman laying down. And so I know there's a legend associated with it. I just don't know the full legend, which is a shame on my part. But uh, those kind of things, I find that aspect more romantic. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. So like the myth making that, or the relationship that we have with nature to, and we create myths to form a relationship with that. Yes. Okay. That is what I like the most about this. That's what I find beautiful, more beautiful about the story. Although it is really cute ish kind of, but it's, it's more about the beauty of, of what people saw and the story that they created, you know? Okay. I buy that. All right, good. I don't want you to think that I'm some romantic person. Yeah, Ew. I was. No. I was starting to get really disappointed in you. I, I. I was like, this is the end of the podcast. We can't do this. <laughs> it's already bad enough. You don't believe in ghosts. Now you're a romantic. <laughs> now I'm too romantic. Uh oh. Hold up. Gross. So, I wanted to kind of go into just some random facts about the volcano. Some other. Uh, ending facts so one thing that we found out in our research is that this volcano is taller than any mountain in europe but it is only the second tallest in mexico what is going on in mexico (laughs) it's just a very volcanic area and but again that's what made its farmland so amazing and why we can go into this maybe in some other episode at some point because i would love to do an episode on aztec farming and terraforming Mm. and the way they use the land it's fast it's absolutely I, I read I went to a lecture recently like a couple of weeks ago about it and it's fantastic there's floating gardens I mean yeah there's a reason why the Aztec empire it's it was an empire and part of it was the ability to feed people yeah and this whole region you know has this as much as volcanoes are very destructive they're also very life-giving giving so just don't talk shit about volcanoes, okay? I like them. I like <laughs> them right, so much. All right, all right. <laughs> You're like, calm down, Brenda. <laughs> I stand volcanoes, okay? I stand them. So another fact is the name uh, Popocatepetl, or Popo, the volcano, means the smoking mountain in the 
Nahuatl language. So uh, the Popocatépetl is also said to react to social situations, uh, which I think is hilarious. <laughs> Just like the paricutin. <laughs> so cool. Yeah. They're very, you know, yes. <laughs> temperamental. So the Popocatépetl erupted in 1519 with the arrival of Cortés and then uh, again in 1994 and it's said to have been affected by the devaluation of the peso and the whole Salinas de Cortari uh, just chaos going on in Mexico and especially Mexico City unemployment and all that um, during that time so yeah they're very so tumultuous. It basically it's it's yeah it I mean it, it goes back to the legend right that they that they're they're they've been um given human aspects yeah and so one of them is a temperamental aspect that coincides with bad stuff yeah and i, <laughs> I get that happening. like if the people are feeling angry then these volcanoes kind of suck all that anger in and erupt if that's yeah yeah they pop off yeah they pop <laughs> start popping off uh so the popocatepet is also known as you said as el popo don gregorio and don goyo i'm not sure why don gregorio but i love yeah, I don't know where Don, Don Gregorio comes from or Don Goyo. Goyo is short for Gregorio. Oh, okay. So it's the same. Yeah. It's just derivative. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. So this I added last minute. So but, before we conclude, uh, there's this tongue twister uh, that has uh, that comes from San Juan Parangaricutiro. <laughs> and I don't know if you want to give it a oh try. I'll, I'll try it. I've been practicing oh my God, it. Okay. And I cannot say it. So... Okay, I'll try it. It's t- okay. It's two lines. Well, let me try it first because I'm gonna destroy it. Okay. El pueblo de Parangar. Oh fuck! <laughs> I already destroyed it. Okay. So wait, wait. El pueblo de Parangaricutiri mi cauro se va a desparangaricutiri mi cuarizar. ¿Quién logre desparangaricutiri mi cuar Rizarlo, primero será un gran desparanga ricutiri miqua rizador. That's not oh bad. my god. Okay. I remember this from when I was little. Like, I remember hearing it. I have never been able to say it. Okay. Shit. I'm okay. We got to find audio of someone actually saying this thing because. I'm gonna have to add it to the notes. <laughs> we have to add. We have to find someone that can say it. That maybe can say it. Yeah, if we find someone who can say it, we'll add. We'll share in the notes, but we'll also share it in social media, guys. Because that was really hard. Can yeah. you try? Uh, okay. El pueblo de Parangaricutirimicuaro se va a desparangaricutirimicuarizar. Quien logre desparangaricutimicuarizarlo. Primero será un gran desparangaricutirimicuarizador. Oh my God, you said it in rhythm. I didn't even have any rhythm. <laughs> this is the only thing I have rhythm for, so don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. That makes you one to my zero rhythm. Great. <laughs> I have rhythm with tongue twisters. That's that's about it. Nothing else in life. Oh my God. Oh my God. Well, with that... <laughs> thanks uh everyone for listening we we're closing out on that because that was really hard <laughs> if you can say it send us an audio of you saying it because i'll play it on the podcast if you can say this tongue twister and say it well with rhythm and fast i'll play it thanks everyone for listening 
If you want to continue supporting us, if you love what we're, you know, we're doing, please leave us a review. Let us know what you think. And if you have any monsters, creatures, or legends you want us to cover, let us know. Also hit the subscribe button so that you can, you know, uh, have us pop off, pop up on your feed. We can also pop off if they want us to, Brenda. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can pop off in the notes. I don't care. (laughs) So, uh, so you can also follow us on social media, follow us on Twitter at Monstras Podcast or email us at monstraspodcast at gmail.com. We also have a website called monstraspodcast.com with original monster art. And we are still slowly adding to that again, just FYI. Um, We will be adding more new stuff to the website slowly over the coming months. You know, poco a poco, as they like, as I, (laughs) as people like to say in Spanish. Um, And so we're doing that. And um, finally, I just wanted to go over some of our sources because they're super important. So one of them is um, 75 years ago, humanity witnessed the birth of a volcano by David Bresnan or Bresnan. Uh, There's another one called Seven Wonders of the Natural World, Paracutin, the volcano in a cornfield. And I think you found this one, right, Orquidia? Mm -hmm. The Paracutin. And then you found the next one. Yeah. So the next one is Paracutin Sparks a Miraculous Pilgrimage by Lewis Warner. That's awesome. And I loved that fact about Salty as Gutierrez and the fact that he was like snitching the god. His diary was Love like, that. I hate everyone for drinking and burning crosses. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, that's it, folks. You know, stay safe. Um, don't piss off any volcanoes, uh, or, although that might be too late at this point. Yeah. 2020, fingers crossed, no volcanoes. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, see you and bye. Thanks for listening. Bye.